This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everyone, welcome back to Spear Factor Spearfishing Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Whitman. Today's guest is Mr. Tim Hatler from Palapas Ventana, um, spearfishing destination resort whatever you want to call it, down in Southern Baja. And he hosts an amazing event every year called the Blue Water World Cup. And this year it's occurring uh, during the 10th through the 14th of July, uh, right around the full moon there. And if you are interested in participating in that, you can reach him at tim at palapasventana.com. It's pretty much like a who's who of spearfishing with you know, hundreds of years of experience basically in one spot. So I recommend checking it out. And don't forget, if you want to step up your spearfishing this summer, go ahead and check out spearfishingmentor.com. There's spearfishing classes. One of them's for free. Give you a little bit of an idea of what to expect. If you were to purchase the master class, there's over five hours of information on there for you guys. So be sure to check out spearfishingmentor.com. Now I'd like to thank our sponsor, Mr. Ted Hardy of Immersion Freediving. Uh, enter promo code SPEARFACTOR for 15% off uh, on his 28-day freediving transformation course. And uh, it's pretty awesome. I've used it and I recommend it. So you can find this course and the other courses Ted puts out for us at freedivingsafety.com. Um, like I said, enter the promo code SPEARFACTOR for the discount. And thanks, Ted, for sponsoring the show. Our next sponsor is Hot Rod Spear Guns. Uh, Paul's offered us 10% discount with a promo code SPEARFACTOR. So thanks, Paul, for making badass guns and uh, providing a hookup for our listeners. And Kamira Side Slip. So Kamira Side Slip, you can purchase those at Kamira Spearfishing. That's K I M E R A. And basically, I've talked about the side slip before in the show. It's kind of the benefits of a slip tip without worrying about breaking your tip hunting around rocks. Uh, it replaces the flopper with a side slip. 
Uh, check it out more at the website. And if you use promo code SPEARFACTOR, all lowercase, at checkout, they'll give you 5% off. And if you'd like to uh, sponsor Spear Factor Podcasts, feel free. Uh, you can go ahead and shoot me a note on the website, spearfactor.com. Thank you. Hey, everybody. We're back with um, 2.0, Mr. Tim Hatler from Palapas Ventana. Um, he's getting ready for the Blue Water World Cup again coming up in, is it July? First part of July? Yeah, that's July 10th through 14th this year, all based on the moon. Right, right. Um, so we're just t- getting ready to talk a little bit about, you just got finished with the liveaboard, correct? Yeah, we just had uh, Nathan Minata from uh, Just Get Wet and his crew come down for a great liveaboard. That's a sea of because this time of year we do liveaboards on a really nice luxury 47-foot catamaran with AC, water maker, four killer staterooms, amazing food. And so we, uh, we, it's a little bit of a combo. They dive one day here at the resort at Seralvo, which uh, remember Seralvo is the southernmost island in the Sea of Cortez, so it's exposed more to the pelagics. That's why, that's why I picked this spot. And then from there, we head and we do ooh, five to seven more islands, depending on the conditions of the itinerary. And we end just about south of Laredo Marine Park and then, um, and then come back. So it's, it's a fantastic week-long trip island hopping to our fishiest spots, plus one day at Sorovo. And uh, we just got back to those guys. They had a blast. Everybody got nice fish, and uh, they had a really good time. What were some of the uh, more memorial, like, uh, best type fish? I best, fish on, best fish on the trip. Um, I'd say personal bests we had for bunch of the guys getting the biggest pargo of their life. We had pargos in the 40s. Um, we can get pargos bigger than that. That's the dog tooth, the Kubera, uh, or in Spanish we call them pargon. Add an N on the end of anything, it gets bigger, like a ballena beer, the ballenon. Then it's like the uh, in Cobra, tall boy, supersize it. So pargon, it's like a regular pargo on steroids. Uh, so we had pargos in the 40s. That a bunch of people got their personal best. We had AJs, Amberjacks, or in Spanish called the Pez Fuerte because they will kick your butt. They pull pretty hard. We had Pez Fuertes in the 40s. And then we had Yellowtails, uh, Jurel in Spanish, or we like to call them the Baja Machi because if you like a machi, come to Baja. That's where it's fresh and pure and good. And we do it for you right on the boat with our amazing chef. We had Julie and our own slinging sashimi, sushi. And uh, incredible ceviche, and we turned those yellowtail into amazing plates. We got a couple of those nice ones in the 30s as well. So those are kind of the best fish, but we also got toad cabrilla. Uh, cabrilla, I think our biggest was 24. That's pretty wow. darn big for a leopard grouper. Yeah. But a golden grouper that was beautiful. We had some palometa or golden trevally. But I'd say the best thing about these trips is everybody got fish. It's it's uh, not one of those things where you're like, ah, oh, man, next year I'll come back. Maybe I'll get some. No, everybody got good fish. And then we had a guy, uh, his name was Rossi. Great kid, super, super good uh, personality, helpful. And he was like the, uh, he was like, I think he had a contract with a cook, Julian Aron, because he was just shooting like plate-sized fish, which are perfect to eat. Not the trophies, but continually bringing back four or five fish 
every day and they were perfect. They went right into the galley and we cooked them up. And, you know, that's the kind of thing for your stuffed Fargo, your ceviche trigger, everything. But when this kid got back for our one day at Saravo, he goes out and he uncorks uh, a 51-pound Wahoo at the south end of Saravo. The other guys whiffed. They got uh, close-ups. Uh, they had flasher encounters, but nobody landed one. And he got a really nice Wahoo. So thanks to Rozzy for pounding the pavement. I know he's a listener of this Spearcast, uh, the podcast too, Spear Factor. And uh, he crushed it, did really well. I actually saw his post, I think, yesterday or today, maybe this morning. Yeah, yeah 50 pounds, right on, the, like right on the dot, pretty much 51 pounds. Um, yeah, did he, Did you hear the story about his fish? No, no. So that gets even funnier. <laughs> so he, he's out there and he gets his flasher going, not too close to it, letting it breathe, letting it do its thing, and does everything right, doesn't give too much attention, doesn't chase, doesn't leave messages on the machine, just stays away. Show no interest, Wahoo gets interest. Plugs it, thinks the shot's kind of low, and he puts, uh, first of all, puts a little bit too much pressure on the float line. We always ask people to just let go. You know, you've got a bungee in there. Just let go of your float line. Wahoo are really soft. You know, it's, it's fun. Swim after it. If you have to get in the boat, we'll take you there. But just let go. So, first of all, I held on a little bit, and, and uh, I think it was Nathan was in the water. Nate Manana just get wet. He, he, hey, let go of that thing. Let go. So, he lets go, does everything right, and then the float starts taking the weight, and all of a sudden, the float stops, and the float line keeps going, and he watches. Terminal tackle has broken. I think it was a swivel clip. Uh-huh. I don't know the brand or, or the, the the model. We won't go into that. You can ask <laughs> Rosie for the details on that. But something failed. So the Pongaro grabs his Pongaro Manuel. Manuel's driving the boat. Same guy did the liveaboard. Stayed with a gr- group for the Saravo day. Gets the float and goes, holy crap. We have no float line. No gun. He wasn't doing breakaway either. He had a, a weird thing. He had a real gun and then blue water with other boats and stuff. We said, hey, put a float line on that. So he had a real gun with a oh, float no. line attached to the butt. So float oh, no. floats there. Float line's gone. Gun's gone. Fish is gone. Everything's gone. He's got a slip tip. And the last thing he saw was he thought the shot was a little low. So they go on a search for a float line that is not being held up. It's <laughs> underwater. Coming up, down, up, down, and they start driving around. Can't find it. You got a fifty-plus pound Wahoo dragging all of your gear around. So Manuel's smart. He gets on the radio. He finds uh, some people talking about. It. Hey, I saw something. I saw another little pong. It looks like they have a a line in the water. It's not a fishing line. It looks like they're pulling up a trap or something. Whoa! Sounds like dive gear to us. So Manuel gets over there, and it's traveled. Uh, a half a mile, and it's at another boat. It's got uh, a captain from Aguamarga, two gringo fishermen, and sure enough, the captain's pulling something up. And they uh, go over there, and it's his float line, and they're straining to pull it up. So it's pretty clear they know what's on the line. Rosie knows what's on the line. So Rosie speaks Spanish. That's great. Manuel knows everybody in the water. It's all our captains talk to everybody. Right. And, uh, we've been able to really improve relations to the whole area with 
uh, rod and reel and spearfishing. When they first came here, there were stories, not to me, but other people getting gas poured on them, getting their fins clipped off by boats, et cetera, et cetera. And over the years, by hiring captains from uh, the areas that they're the most anti-spearfishing, everybody's coming around. Everybody likes work, and everybody eventually sees that we take way less fish than rod and reel yeah Tim. So anyway yeah let's talk about that a little bit because i had heard you know over yeah. the years too like i mean i know there's still some areas where they will not take you out they don't want you there um i'm not going to mention any sure. names but how was that you coming down there i mean you spoke a little bit about it but can you give us some more details on why that is yeah yeah initially it it it's it's the same all over the world. So um, fishermen just don't like divers, and divers who become fishermen, uh, it helps bridge that gap. And fishermen who get to work as captains in tourism for spearfishing help. So the reason why is because everyone who fishes needs a scapegoat. I love rod and reel, and I love spearfishing. And when you don't catch anything, you need to have someone to blame. So the easiest thing to blame is a sea lion, um, <laughs> the equipment, it's whatever. So true. And if you see so a true. diver, that is the perfect way to have a scapegoat. Ah, we would have caught something with the pinche busos. They scared all the fish away or they took all the fish. So they're just things that aren't true. But for guys that don't get in the water and they don't ever even swim, even they don't even jump in their Mexican wetsuit, which are, Levi's jeans. They just don't want to get in the water. <laughs> they they basically Apple's view of something underwater is being ruined by the busos, the divers. Right. And it's just true everywhere. So everywhere we've worked, we've had that same thing and we work to improve relations always. Let's because I don't just work in Saravel or we go on liveaboards, but we also have another base in Mag Bay. And we also work in Panama too. And that's the same Hannibal Bank. It's uh, oftentimes a lot of tension between uh, fishermen and divers. So number one, you got two groups of fishermen. You got commercial fishermen, and you got sport fishermen. Commercial fishermen are they're generally faster to understand that we don't propose a threat. How do you how do you mellow that over the years? Well, one is, do you get a fish? Hey, let's give them a fish. Here you go. We were in your area in your spot not right on top of you will always give you room but hey here's a yellow pargo max miradoff on the liverboard he just at las animas he just shot a nice pargo and there was a guy anchored up in the area and he went by his boat and said hey if i get a fish in this area i'm going to give it to you that's pretty cool this changes this guy's memory to the pinche busos changes it from <laughs> that to hey these guys are cool they gave me a fish and that goes into my catch and I can have that for my family's dinner. So anyway, giving fish away is one. The other one is getting people to understand what we do. So that's what I came. I've been in, in operation here for 20 years. When we first came, I heard stories from the Neptunes and yes. you know, the Rife family. And they're saying, hey, man, we, we were down there in the 80s and we got gas poured on us. So, you know, we just started working. So one was... Hire the locals. So all our captains are local guys who have been diving here, sorry, fishing here their whole life. They know everybody. And then two, find out where these problems are. We found that most of them in our area were from the town of Aguamarga. And that's where a lot of the guys from like Jonathan Roldan, 
and uh, Davy Jones. Those are all sport fishing gigs that have been around for a while. Good businesses. And that those guys had uh, all commercial backgrounds and that they had changed to sport fishing and they had just this view of sport fishing being evil, the scapegoat. Two things that can happen with that. One is maybe they've seen people, uh, the Pistoleros del Mar, not the sport fishing company, but yep. people call Pistoleros the guys that go out illegally at night with 50 pounds of weight and uh, reef guns and just walk on the reef thung, 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 and shoot everything. But one, to understand that sport spearfishing is totally different from that. Number two, the license for sport spearfishing is the same as sport fishing. And it's in the the bylaws of your fishing license that describes spearfishing. They call it pesca submarina. And it is legal with a regular <clears throat> fishing license. Our catch limit is five fish where rod and reel is 10. So already it's much more selective and less destructive. So getting those guys to dis- to understand that, one, it's legal. Two, we're not using air. That's illegal. We're not using n- pneumatic guns. That's illegal. And then three, hey, guys, come and work for me. I want you to work next week. I've got four days of spearfishing captaining, and I hired guys from Aguamarga 20 years ago to come participate in our tournament. And they were reluctant to do it, but they wanted to make some money. Right. So they came and did it. And some of the captains that were the most anti-spearfishing over the years, we got them involved in our tournament. And the first thing they said is, you guys suck. You can't <laughs> even catch any fish. Like, man, if I had my rod and reel guys, we would have whaled on twice as many fish as you. Right. And that's the point. Hey, look, we 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 do suck as far as overall catch. We can only get so many. Our limits are less, and it's very selective. Go tell all your friends that we are not destroying all the fishing. We're not spooking everything. And that's how we build slowly. Nothing happens fast, but we build slowly a better relationship and a better public view community per community. Now, there's a lot of places you can go in places where I don't work very often. But uh, when we do, every time we go into a spot, we go in with that attitude. And each time we go back, uh, we do that. So we work out of Turtle Bay. We work out of Benitos. We work out of San Francisco. We work out of Hannibal Banks. Um, we work in Gordo Banks. And so little by little, the trips that we do, we are being courteous, respectful, and always involving locals and always trying to help them out. So back to Rosie's story, yeah. that ended with this rod and reel guy. He's got a 51-pound Wahoo on a float line with a gun, and it just looks like dollar bills to him and a way to get back at the Spiros. Rosie gives him a tip, and that's cool too, right? Yeah. Hey, we're working together. And he hands over the gear. Rosie gets all his gear back. He's got a hot Wahoo on there. He still has got to get in the water and dispatch it and do the whole thing. Everybody wins. So it's, it's, a, it's a slow story that continues, and we keep trying to keep it cool. but. For other people that are getting involved and using other operations, diving, don't jump, don't jump on commercial boats. Give room to sport fishermen and go out somebody with I recommend go out with somebody who's been doing it for a while and has a good reputation. Try to not bring your own boat. We see guys a lot of times trailer their boat down and they just yeah. want to go out there and try to jump on all the spots and a lot of them are, are very disliked by all of the local operations, the local pongeros, and they don't want to see uh, guys trailer their boats down 
thousand miles to go out and not pay them for a day. So think twice. I mean, sure, there's there's great advantage to bringing your own boat into a lot of places and they're really remote, but also there's a lot of locals that would love the business and uh, it would be great. Also be courteous with not bringing your GPS on everybody's boats and collecting all the spots and then showing up the next day. There's plenty of stories of that. Yeah, let's go out with Tim or let's go out with these other guys and ding, 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 five spots. So they go out in the same area the next day and we see them or another operation or a captain sees them. And then guess what? That's now they're, they don't like divers anymore. They don't like people. So it's just common sense so, and it's a slow relationship, but it's worked out well for us. Yeah. Tim, can you explain that again? So you're saying guys that go out, they hire a, a captain for like a day, go out, mark all the spots, then go back out on their own. Is that what you're talking about yeah. as far as GPS points? Yeah, exactly. So we, we tell people here, we don't bring your GPS. Don't bring it. Um, our captains know where all the spots are. We'll show you if you uh, bring your own GPS, leave it. Leave it. We don't, we don't really want it on the boat. And you'll find that everybody feels the same. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if you have magic. <laughs> if you have magic numbers that you really want to go visit, great. <laughs> Tell us about it beforehand, and and we'll let you for one. We'll bring it out and bring it out for one, and we'll take you to your spot, and then great. Right, but it's probably a spot that we already know about. We've been diving here for twenty years, and I'm not just speaking for myself, but the other operations down. There's just people I know that have driven their boat down from Northern California and have paid another captain not even for my organizations because we say, no, we're not going to go on your boat because I know what you want and paid another captain who we do work with and uh, we hire them on their boat and they were all upset and said, wow, this guy hired me just to be the captain. I went on their boat and one day and they marked all my spots and then I saw them out the next day and the next day, the next day on their boat going all to my spots. Well, no duh, really. I mean, <laughs> you kind of know what's happening, but remember tourism is kind of new in a lot of these places and people are, pretty nice and pretty trustworthy but i mean you're not going to go out and do that in san diego nobody's gonna right. let you do that and, and do that so yeah it's just be cool baja's really cool the people are cool keep it cool that's all we want to do and, and support the local economy and the prices are very fair uh you know there's people from all over the world looking to hire boats from us that are saying wow what a, this is a great deal you know people from florida people from Brazil, people from Australia. And just because it's in your own backyard, you know, you're looking to save money. But remember, there's people that eat eat from this too. So that's my two cents. I don't want to go on too long. No. But uh, there, there's, a t- there's a time and a place to use your own boat, use your own GPS. But when you're doing somebody else's charter company, you're not going to make too many friends by hiring them, grabbing all their spots, and then going out. These This incense... They weren't even smart enough to wait a year or a month. They went out the next day <laughs> and they almost got in a fight with a local Pongero and the towns get smaller and smaller and smaller when something like that happens. Next, you know, everybody on the radio is talking about this pinche gringo took all my spots. And if you see him out, don't, don't give him any room anywhere. So you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I'm pretty familiar with that. I mean, you know how it is too. like surfing's similar. It's like how to be unpopular real quick. Um, yeah. I mean, we like, I know friends that always say, if you're going to take your boat, you like the technology. Cool. I get it, especially if it's close, but go out of your way and hire a, a boat captain. Even if you don't even need the guy, 
just hire them because the, it will get you so much more in the long run. Um, and, exactly. and, and exactly like, how would you feel like, cause it's not like these people are rolling in luxury. Um, like, like, you know, I mean, like if we were to pay them $400, like $400 to them is like getting paid 40 grand to us and depending on where you are. And, and this isn't like a petty, uh, or a, um, a pity thing or anything like that. It's just principle. Um, yeah. and it's sure is fun to have local friends and local relationships and, uh, it tends to, uh, pay dividends. That's for sure. Yeah. It's half the fun of being Baja is the people right. like the people are so cool. An example, we do Benito's liveaboard trips, right? Uh-huh. Great. When we roll up to Benito's, we've got a Ponga, we've got our liveaboard, but we still get local guys from the island to come out and be with us. We'll run two boats, our boat and their boat, and we'll go around. Everybody's happy. Everybody wins. We have an operation in Mag Bay. I've got two of my own boats. They're registered over there with the Harbor Master in San Carlos. They get paid. And then our captain is from the island of Magdalena. He's our number one captain. So he's on the boat. So you know that he's going to have the local knowledge and he knows all the commercial guys. He knows all the new sport fishing yahoos that don't like spear fishing and it's going to keep that all under control. Right. And we've got captains from here that go over there as well because guys in Sargento fish in Mag Bay four months of the year when it gets windy. So they set up shop over there. So we've got our captains, but really important, our captain over there, his name is Fago. And he's awesome. He's as local as local gets. Like he's got guys from San Carlos, the mainland town in Mag Bay, that he calls a Fuereño. Fuereño means outsider. A Fuera is outside uh-huh. because he lives on the island. He thinks everybody from San Carlos, 10 miles away, is an outsider. I mean, just like, <laughs> as local as local gets. Like being on Catalina and saying, hey, I don't know, can't stand people from Overtown. If you're from Avalon or Two Harbors, you call everybody one big group who doesn't live on the island is Overtown. So it's the same thing here. And so we include the locals and it's just fun. Keeps it real. Yeah. I have a friend of mine that lived on a Catalina for a long time doing vessel assist. His name's Reggie. And, uh, he would tell me stories all the time, just about that kind of stuff. And then going over to SCI and, and, you know, the locals, then you have the guys that are coming from the mainland to go surf SCI and all this other stuff. It was pretty funny. Um, yeah. Oh, when you talk about Tortugas, you're saying Turtle Bay, and are you referring to your liveaboard? You're talking about the San Benito Islands, or you're talking about more oh, South? San Benitos, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we do liveaboards uh, that are just offshore Mag Bay. Uh-huh. We do liveaboards that are Alijos, yeah, and Mag Bay, and then we also do them to San Benitos, which is just an amazing area if you love shooting. Uh, yellowtail grouper halibut that's summertime um we like to go in august uh, that's an amazing area i used to dive there with uh i worked on the horizon for many many years at h&m landing and for me it was planet mars and now it's just one of our destinations so we put it together now we've got the nucleus in palapas Ventana and Saravo live aboard the sea of cortez on a a yacht that I never thought would I'd even be allowed to be on because it's nicer than anything I've ever been on. And I'm driving it and it's got AC in the cabins. Then our, our live aboard 60 foot killer dive boat. 
that we do Mag Bay, offshore Mag Bay, and then we do Alijos in offshore Mag Bay, and then we do Benitos as well. Um, so we've got that all covered. And then every now and then if somebody wants to, we'll do a trip that goes um, all the way from Ensenada down to Mag Bay. We did that with Dan Silvera four years ago, uh-huh. and we included Guadalupe in there. Yeah, I saw some of the footage. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. It was incredible. We did a lot of stories behind that, but ridiculous Ensenada to Mag Bay and everything in between from White Sharks to Benitos to Offshore Pinnacles. So, you know, there's off-menu items, too. If you are you want to do something spectacular, let me know. Was that a group was right that, now that wants to do – Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, uh, was that Brock on uh, that like We got a group right now that wants to do Bluefin, but they want to leave out of northern Baja. They don't want to go to San Diego. They want to do Mexican uh, version of offshore Southern California Bluefin. So we're putting that trip together right now. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll leave out of Mexican waters and go do bluefin. Let's do it. Let's figure it out and put it together. Interesting. That's interesting. What is their whole motivation with that? Is it just to stay Baja? Or are they their motivation is um, to be truthful. Yeah. They don't have visas to go to the U.S. That makes that makes. <laughs> hey, I figured something was up. Does that make sense? I was like, just get them early before they head up in the northern area you know right yeah cool right. very cool so, so so that's what we're so that's what we're doing we're finding um the months where they're the farthest south and leaving out of ensenada on a boat that we know and have done trips to guadalupe on so let's do it or hey you want to go to beyond socorros to clarion or clipperton for the most planet yes. mars live aboard of your life that call me okay we'll do we'll do it let's talk we'll do about it. clarion <laughs> clipperton yeah clipperton clarion go look it up on google earth you'll see that it's french waters and clipperton you want to go there i'll do it how far you can is do it? it it's far right Re- ridiculous like yeah we're talking about or like, something right we're talking about like three days to get there and is that part of the that area is that a marine reserve Clipperton, Clarion, Gray Zone. Socorros, everybody knows. Yeah. No. Clipperton, Clarion, Gray Zone. There's part of it is, part of it isn't. And a lot of the parts that isn't, uh, you've got the Hurricane Bank that's down down that way that isn't. Um, and offshore areas, Clipperton, Clarion, where, yes, we can dive. Interesting, because I was actually, so here's a story. The, the first time I heard of that spot, uh clipperton was i was at uh the scripps aquarium birch aquarium and there's a big spotted grouper there and one of the spots i think only spot it was i think it was there so i googled it and then i saw like uh i think the polaris supreme out of here goes there or something like that something like that i don't remember and i was just like royal polaris yeah yeah. i was like yeah the royal polaris um and i was just kind of like Wow, I cannot imagine. You know, I think spearfishing is so unique because the guys that are fishing, like, well, they really don't, they're really kind of, it's just guesswork. But until you stick your face in the water, I cannot imagine uh-huh. to stick your face in the water there and just to see really the abundance of life or what kind of life, you know, is down there when you're talking about these areas that are so isolated. If they're not decimated yeah. by foreign fleets, which does happen, 
um, just, yep. you know, see how these areas are. And have you gone down there before? Yeah. To the I have not. I've been to Socorros, but I've never been to Clarion. Yeah. I've never been to Clipperton. And I had a group getting organized for this trip, and then COVID hit and it all dropped out. But I am super pumped to go there. What does something like that cost for a trip like that? I mean, you're talking about well, gas right now, fuel. I can't imagine. Yeah, well, we haven't priced it out for now. But yeah. uh, when we were looking at it pre pre COVID, um, you know, we're going with Mexican fuel, and right now our our fuel's better priced than yours, but it's still a lot because we need a lot of days. So right. if we're going all the way to Clipperton. You got three days to get there, three days to get back, and you want to have at least five days. Um, you're flying in and out of Cabo, so an eleven day trip. I mean, you're going to be spending probably we would take eight guys the boat set up for 14 but we like to keep it limited load and so you'd probably be spending oh just under 4800 bucks so it's it's a chunk of change but that's hey, actually way less Socorro, than i thought that's yeah yeah the socorro liveaboards that are nice boats i mean you're going to be spending more than that just on a scuba trip to the to the Rivia Hejeros right there so yeah, I've heard yeah, stories and seen lot footage of, of gigantic yellowfin and things like that all down there. Um, Let's do it. Yeah, that's insane. Wow. Spear Factor presents <laughs> Liveaboard live to Pluto. Let's do it. Hey, well, if somebody wants to do it, hit me up and we'll see about it because I was trying to do the one last time and then the scheduling conflict um, and and the uh, Alios are the rocks there. and my buddies went and I saw footage and it was like an absolute lake out there. I think it was like two. Yeah, we had four days at Alios. No one ever gets that. Four amazingly flat yes. days at Alios. Gigantic, um, big yellowtail. What a big or yellowtail wahoo, right? Is that what you guys mainly hit? Yeah, they clean. They cleaned up on toad wahoo. Really, just everyone's like everybody shot beautiful beautiful wahoo incredible incredible i mean you have you've done well for yourself on so many levels where you're at what you're doing and um the what the services it's so great i feel like you know it really takes uh uh waterman to really take advantage of of what you've of the area where you're in and what you've created like you could obviously tell you love it <laughs> because everything I do, it's I just more fun every year for me. Yeah. Every, everything you've said on here, I'm like, Oh, that's a dream trip. That's dream trip. Yep. That's dream trip. I tried to do that. I remember COVID hit and that happened and this happened and this happened. I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, um, the blue water world cup coming up too. Yeah. So what is the plan with that? Like, give us the lowdown on that. Yeah, here, here it is. So I think this is our, God, I'm going to say it's maybe the 13th year we've done it. So first of all, if ever, Anytime I talk about this comp, I got to talk about the founder. That's Dennis Hostler. So amazing NorCal uh, competitive diver. Yes. Uh, 20 Fathoms. Just an amazing guy. He uh, started this. He wanted to make the Bisbee of spearfishing. And so started it actually with Terry Moss. They started at Las Arenas Hotel where I stayed before I started Palapa Santana. It went defunct. Nobody knows why, but it had something to do with being remote having an airstrip, having pongas coming in at night. I'm not naming names or saying anything, but it went down the drain. <laughs> uh, and anyway, it grew into a really just great competition that involves people from all over the world. Ian Puckridge, Rob Torelli, uh, 
Apollo Global, Brazil, Australia, we've had Guam, we've had uh, Ecuador, Colombians, tons of guys from Florida, NorCal, SoCal, everywhere. And uh, it's just become a really fun tournament that focuses on blue water fish. So it's not accredited in the uh, CMOS or anything uh, European sector. There's no points. There's no anything. But there is prize money, $2,500 in American cash. That's not pesos. But we do write the, the big victory check in pesos, so it looks cooler. Multiply by 19 and a half, so it looks cooler. <laughs> so we, uh, there is a payout. But what I'll say is that a couple things. Number one, the prizes are just stupid cool. Rife. Hats off to Rife. They've sponsored it every single year. We get guns. We get fins. We get bags, float lines. Awesome. Uh, Neptonics, every year sponsor. Great. Koa's usually in. Um, we get Divar. Ray Powell makes a pair of fins that has the uh, has the event logo on it. How cool is that? So there's so many cool prizes in there and so many cool companies that are so loyal to us. Kevin Sakuda from Hammerhead yep. every single year. Matt Davison, Blue Tuna Spearfishing. All these guys load me up with tons of gear that we sit on the prize table and uh, cap spear guns. He usually gives us two spear guns. Well, it seems like it's a meeting of the minds when you go there. Like my friends that have gone there from Guam, it's like a networking event just from people that are so fired up about spearfishing too. It's instant chance to meet people from all over the world, just like yourself, you know? Yeah. That's, I think that's one of the coolest things, you know, Dennis had in mind, Dennis Foster, when he created the tournament was to make this you know, kind of prestigious blue water event. And um, I think what the coolest thing about it is, is to me, it feels more like a destination wedding. Everybody's trapped together for five days, three days of diving. A lot of guys come early or stay late. Because it's fun, but you know, we're eating together, you're hanging out, people are talking about their flashers, their gear, and you are, you're learning stuff about people diving all over the world, making friends for your next dive trip. And people are cool because this isn't some tournament that gives you ranking to go to nationals or go to worlds or anything. It's just fun. Everybody's pretty darn laid back and cool. And it's not like boats are starting from all over the state or it's virtual it's it's right here everybody's eats together and goes out at the same time and the other thing that's really put this uh neat little spin on it it's a charity event so yeah there's prize money and there's amazing prizes last place diver can still walk away with a pair of fins or a spear gun but what we're doing is i never sell fish ever i'm totally anti-selling fish because fish that wind up at the market with holes in it leads to uh spearfishing holes leads to a bad name for spearfishing saying that we're selling fish illegally so i never do it but this one time a year we do take all the fish we put it at the fish buyers um account and we make an account uh for the local mayor of the town next to us it's called el Ancon. it's a rancho town and it this is our third year building a playground there we call it parque de busos the divers park and so we leave all the money until it stacks up there and then we cash them out at the end and the money goes to the park so not only is it a destination type event where everyone's hanging out together but it's also a charity event so nobody can be a dick because everybody's doing it for charity and everybody's cool so it's got a really nice vibe even though you have high level divers 
uh, from all over the world competing. Everybody's really cool, friendly, and trying to raise money for a kid's playground. So put that all together, and I would say it's a great way to get three years, four years of blue water experience fast forward by diving with all these other really cool people. And uh, it, it, it just gets you a ton of experience and it's fun. So yeah, I highly recommend it to anyone um, that is a blue water diver and wants to be a part of it and not, especially if you're kind of turned off by tournaments, this is very, very, very different. It's also super selective. So you're only allowed to shoot two um of each species of pelagic per day three com competition days so each day you could shoot two wahoo but if a third wahoo comes around you can't shoot it um and then during the three days we are allowed we just to make it super interesting one refish so you only get one refish in three days and that keeps the pressure down on the uh on the area because we do bring in some really good divers some deep divers we've had mark healy before here who smoked everybody and set a record for the number of pounds of fish he brought in but uh you know if you unleashed all these divers on the reef for three days it could be not so good in the eyes of the locals too what we're talking about keeping spear fishing with a positive light on the different communities and so it's very selective you you've only got so many species and you only get you two per species per day and you get one reef fish so and you have to coordinate with your teammates so there's three guys on the boat some guy might have already got his reef fish somebody hasn't do you want to go to the reef when everybody else wants blue water it makes it hard and super interesting are you still there yeah i'm here okay yep. cool i i was i heard a beep i thought the power went out again okay we're good so no, anyway that, made, that that makes the spearfishing hard selective fun and a great way to meet people from all over the world and, and get information uh we we're talking about people that are you know, just old school, big part of this tournament. Another guy, GR Tar, comes every year. That guy has donated his his money a couple times. He's won this tournament, and he gives the money. He's done this the best. We gave the money back to uh, the mayor of the town for the playground. And, you know, it's, there's just guys doing stuff like that, which is just just awesome. And we get, uh, you know, Seamus Callahan from Sunto and Atomic. He gives stuff every year. Patagonia is a sponsor. We had Yeti as a sponsor. We have Arctic as a sponsor. So a lot of really cool prizes on the table. Um, Omer gives guns and different gear. And Pete Coriel, he's kind of our, our new poster boy for the event. So he's promoting it. He's coming and he's uh, just giving us this other element of um, promotion and credibility to the event as Dennis Hostler is kind of retiring and moving to the background. Uh, Pete's coming in with... Uh, his organization and Waterman's Guide products and stuff. So that's it's been cool. Daryl Wong even makes a gun every year and writes Blue Water World Cup on it, engraved in the handle, and it's a special gun that we give away. So it it keeps it it keeps it really fun getting these guys involved year after year and the prizes that they give, which is just super cool. This episode is brought to you by Neptonics Spearfishing. Uh, go check out Neptonics.com for the absolute best, most reliable spearfishing gear at some of the best prices in the market as well. Uh, the thing that I like about Neptonics is you know the gear has been tested on there and they're not going to have some generic crap on there. It's all gear that works and people use it 
every day uh, with great results. So don't forget to put in the Spear Factor 10 promo code to get 10% off. Neptonics.com. So I get this question a lot as far as can I recommend a charter? And I absolutely can. Lineage Charters here in San Diego uh, does giant bluefin tuna trips, uh, multi-day trips, and Captain Bly is your guy. He's got over 30 years of spearfishing and commercial fishing experience. So be sure to check out lineagecharters.com for offshore action. I spoke with uh, Pete uh, last week, actually. Or just He was the last episode I did. Um, oh, we well, talked... I'm sorry. You had to hang out with that guy? I'm sorry. Yeah, he's terrible. He's terrible. Yeah, he's, he's, total, <laughs> we... he's a, a newbie for spearfishing. Yeah. So he was, you know, I was showing him how to do stuff and where to go in Africa and, you know, Panama, the best way to approach that spot. No, he, he, he shared all the spots or uh, all the uh, places that he's dove and, and some of the things he learned. Yeah. He's a really, um, yeah, he's a really down to earth guy. Um, speaking of GR and, and Mark Healy, I'd heard those two had teamed up when they went down there and, um, what, well, I think one year they were each other's dive partner. Those guys are just deep divers and oh, um, yeah. just absolute fishy humans. That's for sure. Um, yeah. I, I can't remember yeah. this before, but, uh, you know, I didn't originally, it's July. So I didn't originally have yellowtail on the species list. You know, it's very much uh, logic, but very much gone that time of year. Unless you're Mark Healy and he started bringing back every single day. Tim, it's a plastic. Why is it not on the list? Oh shit. Because you're down at one thirty, and no one else is, and uh, we didn't know that it was possible to shoot a yellowtail here in July. Well, every single day, he brought him back, so we put it to a vote. And we changed the rules to accept yellowtail, and I mean that guy was a machine. He just selectively, systematically brought back so many pelagics that he just destroyed everyone. Pretty cool. We're, what, yeah, we'd love to get him back. Yeah, especially if the water is uh, you know warm like that, all the all the yellowtail they just yeah they're down past a hundred feet or at a hundred feet, and uh, there's definitely some spots that I know of that um been training for that's past a hundred feet, and it's like with those fish, it's if I can just get near the bottom, you know, you can get them to come in. Um, you just don't want anybody hauling up at hundred and thirty feet. And then yeah. you got problems, but yeah. yeah. Then you need a Mark Healy, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like what? <laughs> this is nothing compared to YMA hold down. What? This is easy. What are you talking about? Oh my god! Right. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, um, hey, one thing I have to say about Pete, who's uh, he's our poster boy for World Cup, and uh, we still do Panama trips. We do them via liveaboard, which we found is just great, and. Uh, he guides with us, which is awesome. But the reason why I love working with Pete is how I met him. I did a um, Hannibal trip um, with Glenn at Spearfishing Panama, and Pete was the guide. And uh, who was it? It was me and Scott Darnell and uh, Dan Wynn. And we did it. Had a great time. But it was the worst put-together trip I've ever seen. The cook didn't show up. Everyone got drunk. They left us. There was no ice Every single thing went wrong. It was just so terrible for logistics, planning, staff. And I was like, this is the worst freaking thing ever. And, you know, we expect to be mosquitoes and we were pouring deet in our hair. We were wearing socks and hoods at night because there were so many mosquitoes 
But all of that and all the problems and running out of water and everything, we had such a great time. And why? Not just because the fish. We did do really well on fish, but because Pete Coryell was so <laughs> fun and entertaining and rolled with the punches and he covered. He was the cook. He was getting water. He was trading fish to get ice because no one planned for it. He absorbed all those variables. And at the end of the trip, I'm like, fuck, I got to get this guy to work with me because Mexico, we have so many variables. It's not as many as Panama. Panama's crazier. But if this guy, I can leave at the end of a trip having this much fun and wanting to come again, then it's all because of his personality. And he just filled in for everyone. And so after that, we, uh, we got together in team four. So we've been doing a lot of really cool trips together. We're doing a, a liveaboard with a Brazilian group uh, here in the Sea of Cortez with Pete later at the end of June. And uh, so plus the World Cup, plus we've done Mag Bay trips with them, plus Panama. So I love working with this guy. If you're thinking about doing a trip with Pete, you got to do it. The guy is he's half spearfishing, half entertainment. It's just fucking hilarious. And he's got so many skills and a great photographer. Uh, you're you're in good hands. This guy's amazing. So that's why I picked him. The worst trip in the world ended up being so great just because of Pete. And that's that's what he can do in the sport. I had heard I've heard the same stuff, which is why I wanted to talk to him so much because you had all these people that all the people that I talked to, uh, very respectful people, and they're all like, "That's the guy." that's the guy that's the guy like so many times and um i know like what you're talking about as far as attitude and the people that seem to have a good time no matter where they're at in the world like those people are worth their weight in gold yep. and um with all the traveling i used to do for my uh, old job and uh just some of the shittiest places on earth and you seem to have a good like my message was like i don't care if i'm you know wherever i'm at i'm gonna try to have a good time like if it's the horn of africa if it's yet if it's wherever it is i'm gonna have a good time um and those people like that are just the best i mean how many trips especially with baja the the last trip i think i went on to mexico it was windy as shit and had an amazing time or two weeks ago or two trips ago and it was windy as shit and figured out a way to do it i think everybody shot one fish each or maybe two or whatever but um just an absolute good time based on conversation attitude and also i think it's like what you're saying when you deal with all those problems and you still manage to shoot something it just feels that much better and uh you're smiling at the end of the day still like who gives a shit yeah exactly i've had guides that call me and go Oh man, Tim, we got the trailer struck going to that off-road spot and uh, the clients are like, they're super thirsty and they're complaining and I, this is really stressful. Same situation happens to Pete Corral. He calls me and goes, hey man, yeah, the trailer struck. It's like great team building. Everyone's pushing. We're getting it done. I got beers for everyone. There's this lady here that's cooking lobster tacos and everyone's learning Spanish. It's fucking great. And when they make <laughs> videos of the trip, the number one thing in the trip is showing that them all working together to push the trailer out of this deep sand hole so it's it's just it's all the adventure you, man all how yeah. you approach life yeah and there's there's it's no the Baja trip on land that's complete without some crazy macgyver solution for fixing that, a car problem that's the best part man i think that's pretty much baja in a nutshell like you know <laughs> either and then i think one time we got 
rolled up on like standard by the policia and i was like hey we're paying for the experience it's all like 50 bucks think about the experience we got it's your first time in mexico and we got away like 50 bucks to get the whole experience that's a pretty cool little thing i mean you know <laughs> that's cheap <laughs> yeah still the wild yeah. west yeah exactly um so as far as anybody's interested in the blue water world cup yep. is it um is it invitation or you just sign up or how's it, that work it is an invitation so all, and all that means really is uh we don't want people that are new to the sport because then it, you know it's just it waters the event down and because you have a teammate a team of three if you don't bring your own team we're gonna put you with people and that that's that's gonna be really hard so we do want uh intermediate and above divers with blue water experience so if if you want to compete, just email us at contact at palapasventana.com. And if, you know, most of the guys we know and they've done it, but we do get people every year that are joining uh, that have heard of the event and want to be a part of it. Just email us and say you want to be part of the event. We're just going to ask you your experience level, like a dive resume, maybe a couple of pictures of catches. And, you know, if you have blue water experience and you're excited and we're excited to have you and help us raise money for the park and, enjoy these great prizes and other divers. So it's not hard to get in. It's just, we say it's an invitational because we're, we don't want, you know, pure beginners coming to learn to spearfish during the event. And that's, that's hard. But uh, if, if you're intermediate and above, write us, let's get you in the event. We'd love to have, we still have room and it's teams of three. So if you have your own team, fantastic. If you don't have your own team, no problem. Let us know. And we're getting people all the time that are signing up and uh, are looking for, two other team members so we can put you guys together. So no problem. It's a lot of bang for your buck. And uh, it's three full days of diving plus entering the contest, plus amazing prizes, plus you're helping out schools. And uh, it's a good party too. It's really fun. What are some other things that uh, like that have benefited? Let's say last year, I mean, was that, cause I saw you guys are doing something else for the local school. Was it for, lunches or something like that or what were you doing what have you yeah. done for the previous years so we did a shade uh palapa we did a uh, monkey bars we did a slide then we're doing this eating area so i'm going up to the mayor's house uh next week and we're gonna walk around the playground and go hey what can we really use i think it's gonna be more trees for shade uh, that's gonna be one big so it's really easy to plant trees and we love doing that with people so we'll invite groups of divers to come up and plant trees for a day. Super fun planting with the parents and the kids. And I think it's probably going to be some more playground equipment, but uh, I like for them to decide what they want to do. And also I like for them to contribute. So we'll contribute money, but they need to do uh, labor. So I'll buy say cement for a, a floor underneath a new shade area, but they got to do the labor and that's the way you keep it cool. You know, it's not, a, nothing's a handout down here that doesn't work. It's got to be people working together. Even the mayor here, he's here every day with parents receiving the fish on the beach and then helping me drive them to the fish buyer where we uh, donate it. But again, I'm not selling fish for all of you listening. Tim Hatler is not selling fish that from spearfishing. We're <laughs> donating them. Yeah, it's, it's a little tattletale nation sometimes. We're not selling fish. They are donated. And the only one that touches the money is the mayor of El Ancon. And that money goes to buying 
materials and they provide the labor, which is cool. It's the way it should be. Right on. That sounds awesome. What's the what's the temperature like down there? What's the diving conditions, but also the the air conditions? Um, just overall during, down there during the tournament or right now? Just uh, during the tournament time, usually during the tournament. January uh, it's July tenth through fourteenth. So number one, it's full moon. If you haven't figured that out yet in the sport, stupid good current. Pelagics come out and eat. Rod and reel guys go. Oh, they don't feed at night. They don't feed during the day because they've been eating all night. Guess what? They're still hungry for spear shafts. That's no problem. <laughs> they love steel shafts still. So they're more active. There's more current. We love the full moon. We end the event on the full moon. Just ask GR Tar, Cameron Kirk Connell. It's how they go around the world on their trips. So that's a great time to be here. Water temper is probably going to be 82, 83. Lots of good current. Um, and the visibility, it's not completely top to bottom blue because guess what? We don't want it to be. Why? Because we still want Amberjack to be part of the tournament. So down in the deep, the thermocline goes deeper and you've got that muck layer or guess what? The Pez Suerte or the AJs are hanging out in there. So it adds a, an element that keeps AJs around. We had a hundred pounder in the tournament last year. Uh, pretty exciting. Or if some of our deeper divers go down there and pull up a big game fish like that, whereas the top water is blue, you know, thermocline will probably be at 50, 60, but the top water's a magnet for Wahoo. We got Dorado, we've got uh, striped marlin. You could have blue marlin, you could have black marlin, you could have sailfish. Um, and that's just keeps it exciting. Plus, Bonito's in there. We've got skipjacks in the tournament, uh, blue trevally in the tournament. Uh, Golden Trevally's in the tournament. Sierra's in the tournament. You could get a rogue Sierra. That happens. So it, it we pick July full moon or sometimes late June full moon, depending on what schedule is, to be the fishiest time of the year for the most amount of species. And uh, it, it keeps it really fun. Plus, the water isn't so hot yet that for your one reef fish, you could whack a big Pargon, a big Cabrillo, or even one of those oceanic triggers. That's that's on the list. Pez Guile, rooster fish are on the list. And they're around. There's some big ones. So it's a lot of species that are all included. And I, I challenge you to find a, a place in the world with that many different species that you come, can find in a, in a single day. Leaving when from you the say, same place. pretty exciting. When you were saying the thermocline, what is the difference? You see, is it fairly significant? Between the uh, 83 degree water and then does it yeah, drop you're, 60 you're probably or? Gonna, you're probably going to get a, a still a 10 degree difference coming oh, down. Wow. To, yeah, that's, and that's keeping those species around. And that's why we pick it. We could we could do the tournament in August. It would be fun. And early October. We used to do it in early October. But that thermocline really provides uh, species diversity, which is great. Yeah. And then so... The rest of the year, what are the, I know I'd listened to the previous podcast uh, you had done, I think with, with Shrek and Noob Spiro, which was a great one. And you were saying in the fall, is it October, November when the big Wahoo come? Yeah. If you're Sea of Cortez and if you want to spear the biggest Wahoo of the year, come see us in November. Remember what I said about full moons too. Those dates book up really fast. Next best is new moon. But in November, we call it the, the Wahoo witching hour here at Soravo and uh, ask Pete Coriel. He whacked a one twelve Wahoo thing. Looked like a freaking striped Marlin. 
and that, that's right here at the um, southern end and northern end of Saravo. We've got great spots, great flashers, and they're really deep. Those big wahoo are in five feet of water. That's where Pete Coriel shot the 112 in November around the full moon in the extremely profound depths of five feet of water with its back almost dry <laughs> on the surface. It's it gets like that where we get the right days on the witching hour where you get a lot of fifty pound wahoos clouding your vision because you see something so big in the background and you're trying to push away some of these fifty pounders to get to that big sloppy big wahoo of eighty plus pounds. Uh, it gets fun. It's really. He told fun. the story about That's that. The on time the, I would come. Yeah, he told that story about his fish. Yeah. In, uh, yeah. When he was yeah pretty wild. Um, was there, was there any world records this year come that came from your area or with your outfit? Cause I, or was that a few this years year, ago? This year we didn't have a world record. We've set 12 world records at Palapasotana between wow. Saravo and, uh, Mag Bay, but we haven't had one in the last year. So let's hope that we do get one this year. Cool. Cool. Cause I saw, I remember it was Pete, I think with his giant billfish. But I don't remember what year that was. Oh. Yeah, and he's he did pole spear world record with that's uh, the one I'm thinking of. A couple of. Yeah. different fish, yeah, striped marlin and a pole spear. That's pretty exciting. A great video, <laughs> great video with that. He's he's that guy, Hannibal Banks with a real gun and <clears throat> offshore mag bay and a sardine run with a pole spear and a striped marlin. But also we've had grouper uh, world record for golf grouper on pole spear. Pretty crazy. That wow, how big was that one? Roberto Ruiz. God, I'm trying to remember, but I think he shot something in the 60s with a pole spear. Um, wow. And got the world record for pole spear. But yeah, we've had women's striped marlin, men's uh, cabrilla. Men's cabrilla still stands. Ethan Cernoff. Yeah. Um, I had a rooster fish that was taken by Matt Davidson of Blue Tuna and then I think beaten again. But we had it twice here at Saravo. What else we had that's cool? Mullet snapper Stan, um, who was my guide for like four years. That was pretty cool. Uh, obscure ones, triple tail. We had that. We set that twice, I believe. Triple tail on our fads. They hang out and are just yep. way, way bigger than in Florida. Yellow pargo. I still have that one standing and nice a bunch more so yeah we've set 12 over the world over the over the years and hope to set more we do keep a just for our guests we do keep a certified scale on the beach and uh have the iusa forms already and can help you do it but um yeah we've set some some really cool ones it's been a lot of a lot of fun some how, obscure, obscure how many ones too. oh yeah i bet um if you have people coming down there right and left i mean it's probably uh, what is the up with the yellow? Um, the yellow. Uh, you said yellow snapper. Is that yours? Yeah, that's one, one I still have. So I, I had a, uh, I had Pesgayo, and that was broken by Matt, and then I think somebody in Costa Rica. But um, I have the world record still for yellow pargo, and who had another guru of spearfishing? Um, spacing his name right now, but he's the guy that does. Turtle Bay trips. His dad was eaten by a great white shark. And oh, Al, Al Snepershoff. Yeah. yeah, he had it, yeah, and then I, I broke his record, and I believe it's still standing. 
Yeah, I talked to uh, Al quite a bit actually. Yeah. Yeah. Did you haven't you get have you've had him on the show a bunch of times? I haven't. I just talked to him yeah, uh, periodically. Him yeah. Get him on the yeah, show. He's yeah, he's got some crazy stories. Yeah. And he is the big Turtle Bay guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um he, yes. I talked to him a little bit about kind of breaking through that barrier of grouper, shooting grouper and the locals not happy with you and you know all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a, that's yep. Good yeah. advice. Yeah, and he's he's definitely in the who's who of spearfishing his whole family legacy for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't imagine having spoken a little bit about his situation when he was a kid and his dad in Guadalupe and yeah. yeah. How's uh how's Brock doing? Last time we talked, Brock was on the show too. Is, yeah, well, what's he'd be, he up he'd be to? on the he'd be on the show right now, but I just handed off to him. I just ran a liveaboard and I just high fived him and he's running next one. So he's got a group of Brazilians from uh Pesca Sub run by Diego Santiago and they're uh they're on like year seven of liveaboards with us. They do liveaboard Mag Bay and then they do two in a row here in the Sea Cortez. So he's offshore right now. He is leaving uh san jose island and he's headed for santa cruz island right now i just talked to him on the inreach he's doing great he's 64 and kicking butt still an amazing diver he's diving more than ever he scaled back a few days a week which sucked for me but i love it for him <laughs> i'm happy for him and uh we're rolling the punches and looking for looking for someone actually to join our team if you guys are out there and you want to live in baja and uh work at a spearfishing resort and help me keep this place maintained. I'm looking for another guy. Um, but Brock's doing awesome. He's in the water a whole ton. He's making killer spear guns. He calls it El Brocco spear guns. So look, for <laughs> the, look for those. He's got his own little logo and we're going to sell them in the store. And I just ordered one. I'm trying to get the, I didn't want the first one. That's his. He's like working out the kinks with the. Yep. Yeah. Just like a the, car. Don't get the first version. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but I'm waiting for the, version two or three and uh they're a beautiful gun so you can get your hands on one of those but he's the man he's doing really 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 well and spending more and more time in the water and building beautiful spear guns and enjoying baja life so he's for- forgotten more about spearfishing than we've ever learned so i believe he, it I he's believe a guru <laughs> yeah is he doing is he making the guns down there like yeah, down there locally he's yeah he's, I, I, think he, I think he's wanted in the u.s still he's not going up there oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah we joke yeah. around about it but i think we all know people like that but that's okay <laughs> yeah no yeah it's all built right here in cool la ventana el sargento all here so everything amazing so when you're looking for someone now what exactly uh because i know some of you guys ears perked up that are listening um what is the require like year-round uh live at the resort or live in town or what yeah how, how so you- i have a housing so we have a little uh i call it staff village we've got these cool little staff trailers and also we have some house sitting gigs too during the summer we have a lot of relationships with people that are wind driven people that have houses here and that leave and aren't here in the summer so i put our staff up that aren't from the town most of our staff are from here but i do have some all-stars that come from other places mainland mexico and Every now and then, a place called the USA. But right now, we only have one gringo on the team, and that's Brock. So I'm looking for another one. So housing would be um, off campus, and it would be in uh, one of our AC um, trailers or house-sitting during the summer, an AC housing, walking distance from camp. We do meals at our restaurant, and uh, 
yeah, it's year round. So we, we pay not a, an American wage, but a, a Mexican wage and we keep take your expenses away. So you can live like a King down here, honestly, because you've got your housing and your food taken care of. And then you're basically, I need someone who's got a lot of experience can work with maintaining boats. You're not doing it all yourself. We've got a mechanic. We've got guys that work, but we need your brain, you know, to understand how to rewire a boat or put in a build system or listen to a motor and tell the mechanic to come in and read the scanner and know what we need to do, keep our suburbans running so they can go off road and take people to our out of the way spots and um, also coordinate with our divers and help them plan their, their days and everything. But we, we're really looking someone heavy on the maintenance side because Brock's still here and we love having him. So he's going to kind of more be our, our emperor where he's helping train everybody on the maintenance and running the show. And then I've got a, a guy named Jerry. His last name is actually Jerry Lopez. So he is Jerry Lopez. So he's our <laughs> Jerry Lopez. So we call him Jerry Lapaz to not be confused with the Jerry Lopez. Um, and uh, so those guys are, are heavies, but I need another guy who's, he can re- I need somebody who can replace our hydraulic hose on my backhoe and talk to the mechanic and, you know, just figure out if it's the alternator battery or a battery on a boat or on a car and, and help us. And meanwhile, enjoy a good life far from the crazy world of the 405 meets the 710 meets the five meets that whole SoCal craziness and come and live with us and have fun. I'll tell you what it's not, though. It's not Margaritaville. It's not laying in a hammock and having margaritas and watching me work. We work, we work hard, but I think the benefits are, are great. And uh, it's a very cool, sane place to live. And you'll probably end up going on a liveaboard to some crazy place, or maybe I'll, you'll get the call to go to Panama or Clipperton or go help us in Mag Bay in the house to get the Tanako system work and stay and shoot fish for yourself and the restaurant. And it's, it's fun. We're a small team and we work hard and, it's it's a cool cool place. So I am working, looking for someone who wants to join our team and and add some new energy and skill to what we do have here. Who's heavy on the maintenance side? That's what we're looking for. Because Brock, he's he's an amazing spear fisherman and also he knows, you know, he knows how to fix everything. So we need somebody else to come in with those skills. And uh, we'd love for you to join the team if you want to. Just write me Tim at palapasventana.com call it's that easy and uh, it's year-round work too so we're open all year i don't own anything in the u.s anymore so we got to eat so we got to keep going so we have a winter season that we dive around the wind and we have all these uh kiteboarders and crazy canadians that think it's tropical in january in mexico but uh <laughs> we we keep rolling we have a lot of fun so what are your best like um i would say uh first of all what a great opportunity for somebody that um has that skill set and just maybe somebody that a younger guy has a background and working with his hands, what a perfect situation for them. Yeah. Um, I understand. Yeah. I fully understand exactly what you're talking about. I mean, working with teams and we, a buddy of mine, we just hired at work. It was like, well, he knows boats. He knows this, he knows this, he knows this. And we basically put together a bunch of teams that like, uh, everybody has a general working knowledge of everything, but they all have their own specialty. Um, Great. But yeah, it's really helpful. And it sounds like kind of you're looking for the same thing, you know? Yeah. Um, do you do you work at a marina? Uh, no, I'm a 
I work uh, in the military contracting industry, and oh, I, cool. uh, our team does uh, supports the Navy right now. And um, my old job, we used to travel places, and we put together groups of guys, you know, like, um, and everybody had to bring something to the table, you know, like you're fit into a team. There's only so many of us. So what do you bring to the table? I talk about it quite a bit, like what I've learned kind of indirectly and directly through sports and then also being part of teams and, um, yeah. And, and then now as a civilian doing, uh, stuff like that, also learning like it's the same stuff in the civilian world. I've just had the pleasure and displeasure at some times to work in teams like most of my adult life. And, um, you know, it's all about like force multiplier and all this other crap. So I don't know. Cool. Yeah. Hey, were you, were you involved in all those towing the targets to San Clemente and bombing the whole island and closing it? Was that anything to do with you? <laughs> I've been there when we did that. Uh, that's usually in July. Well, it depends. They do all that stuff year round. But um, yeah, I've been involved in that a, a couple of times, I guess you could say. Yeah. <laughs> and I, cer- I certainly remember. All of that going on when I was on the horizon, I mean, divers come back going, hey, what's this? With a big bomb that's, you know, not detonated and they're bringing it back to the swim step. And we're going, no, yeah. do not bring that back to the boat. Yeah, we do a lot. Well, so I, yeah, people that listen to this show a lot. And I used to work with Navy EOD for like 20 years and it's all, un, you know, undead and underwater explosives and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you find something, don't pick it up. <laughs> yeah please don't bring that back to the boat yeah i was actually a funny story about that i was diving in you know like um in the western pacific in one of the areas where they did an initial beach landing and i was diving there and i was diving at this beach which was pretty cool because the historical significance and i looked down and i'm like uh yeah i know what that is because that's <laughs> what i do that's a that's a <laughs> like there it is right that's a real you know that is a real mind shape yep that is a real okay we're gonna move over here it's been there for probably 70 years i don't know but we're gonna go over here but it happens more than people think like you know all the unexploded ordnance and stuff yeah. in world war ii wait till but, somebody anchors on top of that yeah there's always the story about that right on sci out of san Clemente about the guy that dropped his anchor and blew out i don't know if it was like an urban legend or if it really happened holy shit uh, that's crazy yeah it would not surprise me but you never know um well tim if you had to go like say we all have our peak seasons but is there any like off season time where if you had a window because i know in the sea of cortez and the northern side of it right like if there's no wind like you're that's when you want to go and that water's nice and cold because the grouper come up nice and high and the water column and all of that but if you had an off-season window what would that be like what time would that be if you're like it's happening let's go if i was uh if i was able to do last minute plane tickets especially you guys in southern california and figured out Valaris and cbx and made it so easy and i really wanted to shoot yellowtail in the sea of cortez with us when we have a, a really good season but it's just hard to plan around the wind is january february nobody we don't even offer spearfishing trips then but we do pe- tell people 
if you can just email me or call me and say, hey, one, is the fishing good? And that's what the thing I think I'm the best at is telling you when it's not. I'll tell you, no, don't come. It's not right. good. Or, dude, it's going off, but we just can't get out there because it's windy. Uh, right. And then we'll look at, we, we use buoy weather. I love it. We used it for 20 years. And so we kind of know how to adjust it for our spot too. Is, and I'll say, you know what? I can see 12 days out and I'll give you these three dates. The wind is low. It's really windy before and it's really windy after. And the fish are here. We're going to crush it. Get your ticket and let's go. So I would put, put that in February. I'd even put that in early December because it starts getting windy. We still have that Wahoo witching hour, but it starts getting windy in December. And if you could uh, do kind of last minute weather based uh, reservations on your on your travel, and we have room for you, that's another great time. Little little in between times that you can come down and and crush fish. The other thing is uh, late November, early December. If a marlin is on your bucket list, and we we don't shoot a ton of marlin, but we if you want a marlin, we can get you one, almost guaranteed. And that's going to be in Mag Bay in late November, early December. Uh, sometimes it's after uh, Thetis and some of our high spots kind of shut down. And some of the buoys where there's less, like in December, there's going to be less um, pelagic, less Dorado, less Wahoo. But the marlins show up on the sardine run. And if that's on your bucket list and you want to take one striped marlin, you can just let us know and like that's that's my bucket list. That's what I want to do. Or say you're just a free diver and you want to film striped marlin. We do a lot of trips like that where we don't spearfish. We right. just are doing filming of striped marlin. Unbelievable blue planet discovery channel type stuff. That's going to be a late November, sometimes even all the way till Christmas kind of trip. And that's in Mag Bay, and that's just amazing. The fisher there, it's unbelievable. I had a, a family on a pelagic adventure, a dad and his two kids, one's 16, one, a girl is 11, and they wanted just to be in the water and do GoPro stuff with striped marlin. So they were the kids were holding my hands, and I was pulling them in to near the bait ball, and I said, okay, guys, don't get too near the bait ball. And they're screaming, the bait ball is coming to us. The bait ball's coming in. We can't get away from it because the bait ball wanted to hide under them. And the so boat, the, bait ball, yeah. the bait ball's under them. And now you've got 50 striped marlin feeding on the bait ball, like coming within a meter of them, whacking sardines. And we're trying to get away from it. Pretty exciting. Everybody's <laughs> safe. We got away from it. But just that kind of stuff, just like you can't find that anywhere. It's a, it's a lifetime experience. And we can do that in late November and December in mag day it's unbelievable super cool that sounds amazing i've seen some footage of terry moss uh, outside of mag bay with that yeah. exact same situation yeah it's incredible. pretty awesome it is so yeah amazing and and uh just to sit in there with your camera and just watch it go by is crazy or if you're a fly fisherman we're taking fly guys out there to hook uh -huh. up on 12 weights catch and release more than a fly rod look out <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's a beautiful thing man it's just i i love mexico just for that i mean you the one way i kind of describe mexico to people you know the best especially baja it's like there's four million people in baja three million live on the border and the coastline is double that of california like if yeah. you want to talk about opportunity there it is like you know it's just incredible well thank you tim uh 
for your time and thank you for putting on this amazing event. Um, and, uh, thank you for keep pushing, you know, good stewards of the ocean and, and, and ambassadors of spearfishing in an area and kind of educating us on, you know, don't be that guy when you go down to Mexico. Um, so thank you. And I look forward to, uh, working with you and, uh, also doing a trip with you probably in the next year or two. Yeah. So, thanks, we'd love Tim. to do it. Lots of, lots of adventures for you. No, thank you. We're stoked to be on the show and we got another one. The next episode we want to have is Tim and Brock Kennedy and it's going to be the five ways to get out of paying cops in Mexico. That is we'll, a, we'll, of value. <laughs> we'll give you five different techniques because we never pay. And if we ever do, it's $2.50 is the max that we will ever pay. We'll give you the five techniques of how to get out of the mordida with cops in Mexico. Yep, it's it's fun, but we'll, we've got it down to wiring. We actually teach our staff how to do it. And some of them are, you know, local ponga drivers. And we're even right. helping them because we're towing boats and the lights don't work and all that stuff. So. We've right, got this whole right. song and dance that we do because they get <laughs> they get pulled over too, and so we right. do it. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Let's do a show on that. It's good. All right, let's do it for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Hey, that concludes the show for today. Thank you, Tim, for being a guest on the show, and thank you for putting on an amazing event. Don't forget if you want to join uh and participate in the blue water world cup happening in july reach out to tim at palapasventana.com and if you want to find more podcasts uh, go ahead and go to the website spearfactor.com and all the backlog podcasts are there as well pursuing wild game in wild places Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss Life on the Water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment.